Channel. Fuck it, it's content. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. We literally have two episodes of bloopers of us talking about cat shit. Okay. You can. That's actually true. That's yeah. True. Who cares? Okay. All right. <laughs> so, hello. Thank you for joining us. I started recording, by the way. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us for a special bonus episode. Bonus. A bonus episode of Dual Senses. Uh, this is Stephen Morrow, and I am joined by. I'm Alex Wolf. I was confused. You did the last two episodes. Of... I know, I know, but I I thought I'd let you introduce yourself. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's fine. I'm Alex Wolf with an E on the end. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise known as Miles Morales. There it is. Yeah, I I I still fucking love that. <laughs> I'm glad you're proud of it. Yeah. That's all I can say to that. It's like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm not gonna be upset about it. So okay, I'm trying this drink. Let's see what it, it's fizzling. Yeah, it's just like a carbonated right, cocktail. Oh, sh- sh- be really quiet. Can they hear it? I don't think they. Sh- mm. Oh, that's awkward. Can you hear it? <laughs> this is a special ASMR bonus. No, it's not. It, it's not. Don't listen to him. Why? <laughs> you know, I don't know. That sounds, that sounds awful. Yeah. Oh my god. Thank you for tuning in to Dual Sense. He hasn't even had a drink of this drink yet. This is just Steven being Steven, ladies and gentlemen. It's because I'm scared. Why are you scared? Scared of what? Drinking I'm the scared drink? Because it's like fruity. It, hardly. You've had fruity drinks. What are you talking about? Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. All right, all right. Trying this Monaco Black Raspberry cocktail. It's got a picture of a chicken. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what is so funny? <laughs> I have this problem where if I drink something and there's any attention on me whatsoever, I start to laugh with the liquid in my mouth. So I almost just made everything wet. Which is something that I rarely do. You could have just said made a mess, but you had to say it. Yeah. Like, why did you have to say it like that? I don't know. Mm. That's fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> we'll drink them. Get the damn things out of my fridge, because no one else is. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, so now, uh, as you probably know, because the episode before this one, we, we told everyone. Yep. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Game Awards and going through each of the cat. well, most of the categories. Uh, and uh, discussing uh, which games we would personally choose for that category and which games uh, out of the nominations we think are probably going to win. Yeah, and, and for reference, the categories we're not going through are the things of the matter of like esports um, or video game personalities and things of that nature, only because, one, we have no background whatsoever in esports, and when I asked Steven about one content creator who I thought was probably the most popular on the list, since she's been around the longest, he didn't know who it was. Listen, so, listen, I was familiar <laughs> I with the name. it would make sense for I us to not cover it. I touched her arm once. Okay, but it took you five minutes to remember you did that. I'm bad with names. I'm good with faces. God, you sound like a pissed-off teenager. I'm good with faces. Grounded. Or like, what's his name? Pauly Shore. Mm. That's how you sounded like. Oh, no. You say, oh, he's no. Fine. He's yeah. fine. He's fine. He's just, he's just a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> sad. Yeah. That's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I get sad sometimes. I mean, I think we all do. 
We all do. Yeah. But, I mean, the main reason why we don't want to talk about those categories in particular is because, obviously, uh, we are the best esports uh, That is a bold-faced lie. That's not true. And when it comes to no. um, content creators and no. personalities in video game uh, I, that, within the entire industry... That... Um, it's debatable. You know, you can't, you can't have a conversation about content relating uh, to video games uh, without mentioning Alex and Steve. You probably you could. Just I appreciate it if you did, but you, you probably could go without. No, but no, you have to talk about us because uh, because we're the fucking. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> you can't even... <laughs> we're, we're, we are so good. <laughs> we're goddamn professionals. Oh, yeah, something like that. Any hoosers, to give you all a background, uh, the Video Game or what used to be known as the Video Game Awards, now just the Game Awards, is a celebration of video games where developers, publishers, and personalities alike come together and, you know, it's like the Oscars of video games, if not more so. Uh, it's every year in December, typically anywhere from between the dates of the 7th and the 10th, just depending on how it falls during that week during the year. Um, it is all presented and produced by Jeff Keighley, who is a massive video game personality who has been around for years. Um, you could, I think the earliest I could think of seeing him was on G4 in like 2002, 2003. So I've been following his career for a long time, uh, personally. So every year, Steven and I typically get together and we watch this. Um, this year will be a bit different just because of COVID-19, um, our busy work schedules and our lives really. So we'll see how it goes, um, but we at least wanted to give some insight as to what we thought would come through and who would win what this year. So yeah. There's going to be some healthy debate, uh, maybe some unhealthy debate. Uh, what, we what? might have some uh, some input from uh, another individual uh, who's in the room and very passionate about a particular game. This is true. Uh, but yeah, it'll be fun. This is a bonus episode, so you know, this is... This is a little bit more relaxed. That's right. This we're is... both drinking. Yeah, we're drinking. I'm drinking the chicken drink. The chicken drink. The Monaco cocktail of black raspberry. It's like got vodka. That's all I need, really. And I'm over here with Mad Tree. Tree Search number three, IPA. Pretty tasty. Tree Search number three. Mm-hmm. So, I like the whole Tree Search. Like, that's uh, well, a cool name. Yeah, they have their, their typical line of, you know, brews they make all the time at different seasons. But, you know, breweries also experiment with different things. Like, eh, let's see how it goes. So I like experiments. Their experimental line would be their tree shirts. Tree search. Tree search. Yeah, so this is their third iteration. I think I've had all three this year, which is unique. Because I didn't get heavy into craft beer. Like, I've always had it, you know, in the last mm-hmm. few years. I didn't get heavy into it, like, trying new things and kind of entering out and saying, oh, that's limited. I should try that and see what it is until this year. So no one got me able to score all three of these bad boys. I'm uh, Damn. proud of myself. I'm proud of you, too. Thank you. Maybe not for that, but, like, for other things. I mean, that's fair. Okay, I can get behind but, that. You know. Yeah. All right. So, without further ado, you want to just kind of just dive right into it? Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, cool. All right, so the first category that we're going to be talking about is Best Multiplayer. And this is the category for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. And so, for reference, ladies and gentlemen of the listening audience, uh, we are pulling all these directly from the Game Awards website, and Steven will be voting live. Well, I guess during the recording, I guess I should say. Oh, uh, 
Fuck. Yeah. Oh, you didn't make an account. I need to make an account. Oh, well, just hit that's sign. Sign in with Google. Just sign in with Google. I don't. I don't. I'll sign in with Facebook. Why? What does it matter? Whatever it's you do. Faster. How? How do you know that? I'm voting live, so you guys are gonna know my vote immediately. <laughs> I voted previously because I wanted to see how this would work, so I was like, ah, let's see how it goes, and. I was doing it from my phone, and that was very slow because it pops up with a trophy every time you try to do something. Phone. So, why are you doing it through your phone? Because this. I guess I don't be slow. I just fucked up the whole thing. How'd you fuck up the whole thing? I don't know. It took me to a thing. Oh no! What'd you do? Here's what I'll do. I mean, this is my first time seeing a thing, so I'll I'll just vote after. Okay, is, that's fair. The The website's not necessarily optimized for doing this kind of thing. <laughs> on an iPad or a phone. On a, on a computer, maybe. We might just get along with this yet. No. No? Okay, I guess we're not. I'm involved. It's never going to go smoothly. That's a fair statement. But yeah, so, best multiplayer. All uh, right. Here are the nominees. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Among Us... Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. Valorant. V- Valorant. Yes. Valorant. Mm. Val- Valorant. 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 This is going to be the entire episode, so I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That villain laugh. Oh, I love oh, it. Oh, you haven't heard a villain laugh yet. Wait till I'm like slap happy, piss ass drunk, and I'm laying on a floor on my back. It's crazy. Piss happy, slap ass drunk. Piss happy, slap ass drunk. Yeah. That sounds like a slogan. It sounds like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. That I wouldn't know. I mean, you can't... It, Sounds like things that happen in a porno. It's depending on what you're watching. It's a porno. All right. Well, pornos aside, Stephen, what what are you voting for here, and why? I am torn, actually. Really? Yes. I am torn between two games, um, and there's one of which that I really want to vote for. Okay. Um, and what I want to vote for is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay. However, it does not get my vote because I, I really wanted this to be a really nice bonding experience uh, with me and my husband playing Animal Crossing. And there's like, um, there's a little ca- caveat, ca- caveat, caveat, how do you fucking say that? Caveat. Um, Valorant. Uh, there, there's one issue though um, and that's like if you buy the game digitally then you're on the same island no matter what with everybody on the same switch and there's no workaround for that and I didn't realize but Andreas my husband really wanted his own island and he got upset because he thought I was invading his island he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't play very many games and <laughs> And he thought that I was just going to fuck it all up. So what I thought was going to be a bonding experience turned into a source of anxiety for both a, a Andreas war. and I. It became a war. He moved my house into the woods. He surrounded my house with junk so I couldn't leave. It was, uh, it was a rough time. Uh also, if you're playing on a TV screen and doing 
not split screen, but like same screen co-op. Yeah. Uh, there's certain like little things, like one player can't really access their inventory. There's like weird little things that are just kind of annoying. Um, but if it weren't for that, it would be Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay. Honest to goodness. Um, but the two that I'm torn between are Among Us and Fall Guys, personally. Really? And the reason why is both of them kind of became streaming phenomenons. Okay. Uh, so there's that aspect to it. Um, I think I think Fall Guys is just like a lot of fun, and you're playing with strangers most of the time, and it's just kind of ridiculous and silly. And with Among Us, it's interesting because usually people play it with groups of friends, and uh, it like requires a lot of communication. It's... It's kind of like two different sides of what multiplayer can be, and uh, they're also like shorter experiences as well. Like a, a game or a match of Fall Guys or Among Us, very short. Yeah. So I like that. Well, what's your vote? Mm-hmm. I'm really bad at making decisions. Yeah. <laughs> well. I'm voting for Among Us. All right. I vote for Among Us. And the reason why is because I like that it emphasizes communication. I feel like Among Us has just like caught on online, so I feel like it means a lot to more people. And uh, there's a lot of fun stories and like dramatic moments that can come out of that game. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Okay. Among Us gets my vote. All right. Um, so I kind of disagree with you in your in your experience with Animal Crossing. Because one, you and Andreas turning it into a, more of a battlefield of angry neighbors sounds phenomenal. I uh, No, but that, here's the thing, though. <laughs> I was no longer allowed to play the game. I was going to say, that's not the game's that's fault, though. But, <laughs> but also, I, I also, I really, I don't understand why they made it so that people are, have to share an island. I think that came from and, one... And the mm-hmm. whole like shared screen multiplayer experience. I one thing that I really dislike about like local multiplayer games is when the second player gets like a downgraded or like shafted experience. Yeah. And I feel like in Animal Crossing that happened. That makes sense. And I I just wish that it was but just designed had, differently. If you had two consoles, it'd be an optimal experience. To play Among Us, you need two computers or two cell phones or two devices. You I said I said we would have probably some people jumping in. Um, yeah, I didn't do that, but it, so you didn't give them a fair shot or an equal chance to be a multiplayer experience because you personally do not own a Switch. I also personally haven't played and uh, Among Us either, but I, I mean I have played Fall Guys. I just think that Among Us is a little bit more, as far as the multiplayer experience, it's more compelling. So that's why it gets my vote. Okay. Well, so my thing is with, with Animal Crossing is, to Rachel's point, I agree. It is, that is a game, while it, it sucks how the same screen co-op version is, like, the second player gets kind of shafted on it, mm-hmm. that is a game that it's built around the idea of having two separate islands and trading villagers, resources, being everyone else's stuff, and having events and doing things together. Like, you can't do that on the same console because everyone's sharing the same thing so it it's not the kind of game to where it should have that feature i was when they added that to the game originally i was surprised that it was a feature because i'm like 
no one's going to use that because well, it, I, I, just, I feel like it goes against the point of the original game. I feel like it was a, a design misstep. Yeah, I, I feel like it was designed poorly. It was something uh, that should have been fully fleshed out or not done at all. But I mean, that's so not, not, that's not to mark the game overall. We're just talking about best multiplayer, and I think yeah. that the best multiplayer experience out of these, me personally, I feel is just among us. I'm, I'm going with Animal Crossing just because, especially with how this year has been, that mm-hmm. is a game like that has joined people around the world. And if we're talking about streaming content, I mean, people have been streaming Animal Crossing all year, especially with the yearly events uh, and talking about community. And talk about like community update where people like there's constant news, there's constant support, like, oh hey, we're doing this thing, this is what's gonna happen. So it makes total sense. And this is coming from someone that hardly played the damn game, but knowing what, what it's done for people this entire year. Mm-hmm. Uh, to take that away. And while Among Us and um, Fall Guys both up to acclaim, especially uh, Valorant and Warzone seen a great year as well. I think Animal Crossing definitely capitalized on it and had a a better overall that's fair experience see not to be the person that just shat on steven for not picking it i never play the multiplayer aspect <laughs> i don't use it at all yeah i mean honestly I and that's been that's think, been a lot of people's experience yeah, as for, well for animal crossing i would say game of the year for me personally not multiplayer because i just don't use it and when emily sometimes will come over i've never visited anyone else's island i've had people come and visit my island but there's nothing to do when you're over at someone else's island that you can't do at your own. They, mm-hmm. they make little things like, oh, everyone's shop sells different stuff, so if you want the blue bed, you have to go to someone else's bed, otherwise you're stuck with your red bed, or there's the fruit, yeah. but mm. it's really minimal. Also, future reference, if you ever want to add something, feel free to jump up here, uh, just because... Since we're having conversations and stuff, I want to make sure that they can hear you too. I just wanted to add for the Animal Crossing, I will now be blanketed in anonymity. Until Animal Crossing is mentioned again. All right. Which is in a few more categories, I believe. (laughs) So. Uh, Okay, so so your pick is Animal Crossing, my pick is Among Us. Mm -hmm. Now, irregardless of how we feel, what do we predict is going to win Best Multiplayer? I predict Animal Crossing. Again, just because of how this year's been this this, that game has definitely had a lot of success uh it has benefited a lot from how this year's been with people social social distancing quarantine things of that nature that game has been perfect for people to really still experience things that they can't experience this year or chose not to experience this year so i'm going to predict that call of duty warzone really wins yes that's my prediction why so uh, I think it just has more mass appeal. True. And so I think that it's going to have more advocates. I, I get that. So, I just feel like with Warzone, it's still not getting, like, sure, it's in conversation, but it's in the same conversation as Call of Duty is every year, really. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's another Battle Royale game just with Call of Duty this time around. Well, so, uh, I don't know. I, I, I see your point, but. We shall see, though. Okay. Uh, and actually, um,. I want to. We're gonna we're gonna do another episode after the game awards. Yeah, and we can go over the results and see how how it compares. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna make a little category on my phone, and I'm gonna make notes saying what we chose. Uh huh. So um, yeah. Do you want to go ahead and say the nominees in the next category? Yeah. So next category is best sports slash racing racing game for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game. 
<laughs> That's the most generic description. <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory. So our nominees are Dirt 5, F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K21, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. I, My vote, honestly, is going to be Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Uh, I feel like there's a uh, one I don't... I don't know too much about F1 to really give it much of anything. Uh, Dirt 5. Um, it's funny because Dirt 5 and F1 2020 are developed by the same team. It's Codemasters. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Dirt 5, while a quality game, very fun to play, I it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't hold a whole lot of attention most of the time. FIFA 21, I feel like FIFA's kind of lost its steam in the last few years. I remember it was like the thing to talk about around September with any kind of game. Like FIFA was always in conversation. I feel like it's just not there anymore. Uh, NBA 2K21 has a lot lot of issues, especially with the in-game ads aspect, so I can't imagine too many people are, like, super, super happy with it. Uh, But Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, one of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, especially 1 and 2, had great, great critical critical and uh, financial success. People loved it. Um, and it's no different with the re- with the remasters. People are loving them. They did a good quality job handling it with care and bringing it back uh, for a newer audience and for older fans alike. Um, I think it'll honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it does well enough to really get Activision and Vicarious Visions uh, to bring back the brand and yeah. do something more akin to it and hopefully wipe people's <laughs> minds of the travesty that was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. So we'll see. So that, that's going to get my pick. Okay. Uh, I agree. Okay. Entirely. I think Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, uh, even though they're, it's a remaster, or a remake, mm-hmm. not a remaster, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's a remake, uh, I think these games, from what I hear, they totally stand the test of time. Yep. Uh, they are fun. Uh, the music is amazing. Yeah, uh, it's it's not just playing on nostalgia, but it's also uh, it's just just nice and exciting. And oddly enough, it's it's unique. Even though it's old, it's unique in modern gaming because we've gone a while without a, a legitimately good skateboarding game. And uh, I think I think this is hitting a lot of high points for a lot of people. So. Yeah, so my personal pick is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two as well. Uh, what do you What do you think is going to win? What do you predict, irregardless of how we feel? I think it'll honestly be Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two. I agree I, as well. I just if this game is brought to popular opinion, um, one unfortunately Dirt Five nor um, F One Twenty Twenty reached that popularity status. FIFA again, I feel like it's fallen off with fans, especially as like when it comes to critical reception, Pro Evolution Soccer has beaten it out in reviews every year for the last three years, I believe. It's just a matter of FIFA has more money and or with EA has more money necessarily than mm-hmm. Konami does when it comes to that license and they've held the license for so long. I feel like if we start to see a shift in quality and Pro Evolution Soccer gets that, they'll get those team licenses and it'll be the top tier game. I give it two years, I wouldn't be surprised if people are talking about Pez as opposed to FIFA. And Tony Hawk again, like it is, people are wanting next gen enhancements on it because it's that good and it looks gorgeous. So why, if there's ability to make it look even better with next gen consoles, people are all for it. So, yep. All right. 
On to the next category. Uh, the next category is best sim slash strategy. Mm. This is for the best game focused on real time or turn based simulation or strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. I feel like I won't know a single fucking game on this. Honestly, uh, I think you'd be surprised. Okay. Uh, so the nominees for best simulation or strategy game are mm-hmm. Crusader Kings Three, Desperados Three, <laughs> Gears Tactics. Microsoft Flight Simulator, and XCOM Chimera Squad. Uh, okay, so I know a few names on here. Not not a whole lot, but I, I know some. Uh, so, don't know a damn thing about Desperados, or what was the first title there? Um, Crusader Kings 3. Yeah, I, I know nothing about those two games. Uh, Gears Tactics, I've heard great things about, and watching the gameplay from... Gosh, when was it announced? I feel like there's an announcement video. It might have been at the last Game Awards, thinking about it, but I remember... It was re- a couple years ago. Uh, well, there's Gears Pop. I remember that, and that's now getting shut down. Um, <laughs> but Gears Tactics, I feel like there was a... Oh, man, where was it? It might have been at the Xbox. There was an Xbox press event in the summer that, well, that I saw this stuff, way. too. Either way, the game looked a lot of fun. It looked really cool and enjoyable. And honestly, it's, strategy games don't always get my attention. That did. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll... That'll be a good contender. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, um, I think, got a lot of acclaim because it was good, and then it was also four discs, <laughs> I believe, Jesus. and it was a big, it was a big, big fucking game. I feel like after its initial relaunch and people talked about how good it was, it kind of fell off. Um, Xbox, uh, XCOM Chimera Squad. Xbox. I, I know about XCOM. I know people love it. I don't remember hearing anything about this. So if I had to vote. With what limited information I have and little experience I have, I'd give it to Gears. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're voting for Gears Tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, so my vote, my vote goes to Microsoft Flight Simulator. Okay. And the reason why is because uh, there there are a few uh, there are a few innovations with this game. Uh, it's been a long ass time since Microsoft has released a flight simulator. Um, yeah, true. It used to be a, a more semi-regular thing that they would do, mm-hmm. but this one is interesting because it uses real-time map and weather data to simulate what the the weather is and what what things look like in real life in real time at that moment. So that's pretty cool. So you can have like a legitimate flight anywhere in the world and it'll be as accurate as possible at least you know within reason okay um so that's pretty cool it's something that got my dad excited as well and my dad doesn't really play video games or know anything about it um or really like know did he know about, about this out did you tell him about this or he, he just knew about know? this on his own oh wow and okay he, he got like excited about it and even somebody like my brother who does not play simulation games let alone flight simulation games <laughs> Uh, even he is excited about it because of the innovations that they're doing. Yeah. And there's a lot of fun things. Like I feel like this is a this is a game where you can kind of create scenarios that are interesting. Like um, if there's a hurricane going on anywhere in the world, you can suddenly fly through that hurricane. <laughs> like just <laughs> little things like that. Um, but also, it's kind of like you get to travel the world. Yeah. It's like if Google Earth were a, a flight game. simulator. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it were a video game. So uh, I think it's it's really interesting, and not only is it interesting, but also reflective of the real world. But it's also you know pseudo educational. So yeah. I, I think I think it's a cool thing. Uh, so yeah, Microsoft Flight Simulator gets 
gets my vote. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, um, what do you predict is going to win? Uh, if I had to predict, honestly, Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> I think while Gears has the name and the brand behind it, I don't think it took off extremely fast like Microsoft Flight Simulator did. I feel like Flight Simulator had a lot of hype backing it, leading to a lot of people picking it up, and there was a lot more conversation going on. And with it being as quality of a game as it is, it's, it's it was firing on all cylinders. There's enough there to carry it through this, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's where I would expect it to win. I, I also, I predict Flight Simulator will win as well. Okay. Um, yeah, and I mean that—that's a game that I have really no interest in, oh. as well. But I—I I just think that that's, you know, I think it's a big deal to a certain group of people. Yeah. All right. So next category, Alex, if you want to go ahead and sure announce it. So this is best family for the best game appropriate for family play, uh, irrespective of genre or platform, and the nominees are Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout. Mario Kart Live, Home Circuit. Minecraft Dungeons. And Paper Mario, The Origami King. That's more games than usual in a category. Yeah, that's, that's a solid lineup there, too. Damn. Uh, there's some quality games there. So, it'll be... I don't know, I have a hard time picking this. Because... There for, are some good ones in yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, all of these games are great. Yeah, so... Um, I have experience with two of them. So Animal Crossing, obviously, um, I think yep. is a, a great family-appropriate game. I think, again, it's hard because you would have, depending on how, how many people are playing that game, you do have to have multiple systems to really enjoy it, as well as multiple copies. So I think that kind of hinders, hinders it in a bit, you know? So yeah. I think there's that. Um, and then how much it would really factor on an online multiplayer uh, pers- um, aspect where mm-hmm. you need Switch Online to really do most of those things if you're playing together as a family. Uh, so that's one thing there. Um, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. Everyone loves Crash. Crash has been a household family name and with family gaming since the 90s uh, on the original PlayStation. And this is a true return to form with a very good... with a game with great gameplay, uh, really fixing a lot of issues people have had with Crash Bandicoot games in the past. Honestly, I'm going to say time, it. Okay. I think Crash Bandicoot 4 is the best Crash Bandicoot game ever. I, I Period. I don't think anyone would disagree with you. Arguably Crash Team Racing, but I mean... Core Crash the, Bandicoot yeah, game. The yeah, platforming things. I think Crash Bandicoot 4 is yeah, I think fucking toy, phenomenal. I think Toys for Bob really <laughs> hit the mark. And I, it, for, I wanted to say this. Toys for Bob was only really known for Skylanders. Yeah. And... While Skylanders had great gameplay, no one really saw past the fact that you had to buy toys and figures of that nature. That's why I didn't play for it. For this guy named Bob. Yeah. It, toys for Bob. Yeah. Uh, just was, for Bob. That was terrible. Why, why can only Bob play with that, these that toys? That was a terrible, terrible joke. Just, <laughs> feel what a weird name for a developer. Yeah. But so the aspect of having the, you have to buy those toys, this and that in nature, um, I feel like, one, it took away time from development about just making really 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 tight and good gameplay controls while the skylanders games were great in gameplay um from what i understand i feel like again no one looked past the fact that like oh you need to buy this figure yeah they were secret stuff expensive yeah it was it was restrictive like no you'd have this mass- to spend a bunch of money to you'd have this massive game and sure you could beat the game with the characters you bought in the starter pack you wouldn't be able to experience the fullness of the game without buying certain characters and lock certain passageways um so i think 
the fact that they stripped that down and really just focused on gameplay and presentation. Mm-hmm. Crash Bandicoot 4 is what family households have been wanting as a game to play together and witness together for years. Um, so is that getting your pick? I, well, there's more. Uh, so Fall Guys, while I didn't play it, again, I feel like a flash in the pan kind of deal. It was like, oh, it's a free Devolver Digital, Devolver Digital game that's been talked about for at least a year, and it's going to be free for a month on PlayStation Plus. I think it had its month. There people that still play it. And that's about as far as it really got afterwards. It wasn't a Rocket League by any means. Uh, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, um, similar to Skylanders in that aspect where you have to buy. Sure, you can buy your two cards and play. I feel like that over it can overstay its welcome. Yeah. Minecraft Dungeons. Um, I think if there was more done with it, would be huge. But I feel like again, kind of just fell off. Like it came out, it's had some updates here and there, but too little, too late. You know. Um, Paper Mario and the Origami King. That game is clever as fuck. Hands down, some of the wittiest writing I've seen in a video game, let alone a Mario game of any kind. I watched Rachel play it. It was enjoyable. Um, I think... Is there voice acting in that game? No, but there's... um, Noises. Noises, essentially. (laughs) Like any other Mario game, but the text alone is... The toadstools are are hilarious. Bowser is a fucking treat. (laughs) Like, it it is a funny... And fun game to not only play, but to watch and experience. Okay. I think the only thing really hindering it from being best family game is that the gameplay can get a little difficult okay. as you go into the end of it. So more adept players will understand it, but how it's a, the combat is kind of puzzly, but RPG-esque. I feel like some of the puzzle aspects can stump a lot of people. Um, so what? So if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd say Crash 4. I think Crash 4, yeah, I think that would be best family game, just because it's a game where families will take turns, like, old school-wise, with, like, oh, you died in this level, I'm going to play now. Kids will learn how to take turns, parents can join in because they know the name of Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. Again, Animal Crossing is an expensive venture to have multiple people playing together as a family game. Mario is not something you'd pass the controller around and say, like, who's going to have a turn, just because it's a pretty extensive game, depending on how far you get into it. And okay. then everything else kind of just, again, didn't pick up enough steam to keep going. So, especially Fall Guys, where it's more of a multiplayer game online I, aspect-wise. Yeah, so. I I disagree with Crash Bandicoot, and the reason why mm-hmm. is that game is fucking insanely difficult. Uh, in the new insane, one? Yeah, the new one. Okay. It is insanely difficult. Okay. Um, I feel like that adds to the appeal, honestly, with, especially with the turns, taking turns of playing it. Yeah, but, but I, I feel like a lot of kids would probably get frustrated... Uh, so, anyways, so that's why that's why, personally, I think Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Uh, no, that's fair. Maybe that's fair. while appropriate, may not be doable. I think for a lot of kids. When I think of like best family game, I think of like regardless of the age mm-hmm. of somebody playing, will they be able to find joy yeah. in the experience? And because of that, I would say Fall Guys. And okay. the reason why is. A lot of these other games that I think are better games than Fall Guys, honestly, like Animal Crossing and Paper Mario mm-hmm. um, and Crash Bandicoot. Uh, but, I mean, Crash Bandicoot... It, a lot of the other games that I would vote for have a lot of text, a lot of reading. Yeah. And so that is automatically like cutting off some kids from being able to play. And yes, they can play with their parent and their parent can read it, uh, for them and that can be like kind of bringing the family together as well but 
also I think that can be a deterrent for some people based on you know their family situation uh, the reason why I say Fall Guys is this is a game that does not require really much of an understanding of video games it doesn't really require much of finesse I guess mm-hmm. because if you fail it's still fun <laughs> yeah it's hilariously fun and because the matches are so short you can pass the controller and it's only a matter of like five minutes until you're playing again and i've seen very young children enjoying this game with adult parents and them together it's it was entertaining for me just to watch yeah and it was actually kind of like heartwarming uh like my sister and her uh well two of her daughters were playing this game with her fiance and all of them together they would pass the controller and it was hilarious and even even when um one of my nieces would have the controller and they're like four uh so like they they don't really fully understand how to play games and things like that but um she would fail like she would lose and something remarkable happened where she laughed (laughs) and i know that that sounds weird but oftentimes like kids can feel defeated or they can feel like um, oh, I failed. And they throw a fit. The game's yeah. broken. Yeah, it like, not, controller's not working. They get upset, they get sad, or they get angry. But in this case, she was laughing, and the reason why is because she failed so awfully. <laughs> it was so hilariously bad. Her body was flung across the, the map, and she took down, like, three other people with her. It was a catastrophe. Oh. Everyone was in stitches laughing. And that, to me, is what really... A family game is all about no, it's just everybody certainly. enjoying a game together so i i would say fall guys ultimate knockout personally. No, no that makes sense so so yeah that gets my pick okay um but we all know that it doesn't really matter what you or i feel it matters what uh what actually wins <laughs> <laughs> so uh irregardless of how we feel is mm-hmm. it irregardless or regardless 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 of how we feel Irregardless is not even a word, is it? I feel like it is, but it's used inappropriately a lot. Like, it's not used correctly. Huh. Regardless of how we feel, um, what do you think is going to win? What do you predict? And we are keeping track, and we are going to go back and see who is the best predictor for video game stuff, I guess. So so there is something on the line. What are we going to bet? We got to bet something. What, why do we have to bet anything? I don't have anything to bet. Let's let's see. Whoever gets most of the predictions correct, okay, should get something. But what? Like I don't really have anything to really put up. Do you want a case of beer? I don't know about a case. Maybe a six pack or something. Okay, I'll buy you a six pack of beer if you win. Okay, and if I win, you buy me a six pack of beer. All right, I can do that. That's fair. Okay, all right. So cool. beer is on the line. Beer is on the line, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm ready for the it. The stakes are higher. I'm on vacation and I'm drinking my last can I have here. So let's do it. All right, so... Granted, this will probably be confirmed weeks after I've had more beer, but... Still. Yeah. More beer is more beer. That's true. What do you predict is going to win best family game of 2020? Animal Crossing. I think it's going to win it. All right. My only real gripe with Animal Crossing was the fact that, like, it required multiple consoles and multiple copies. Everyone and their fucking grandma bought that damn game and would buy a Switch if they didn't. So it'll take the cake, for sure. Like, you've got people who haven't played Animal Crossing before, played video games before, buying Switches to play Animal Crossing. It was, I had people asking me, Alex, I can't find a Switch anywhere, what can I do? <laughs> like, seriously. And, like, people, a lot of people still assume I work at GameStop. 
And people are like, well, hey, like, where do I get a Switch? And my response is, you can't. Like, it's, like this is March, so, like, Switches, like, production was stopping due to COVID-19, yeah. so no stores are receiving any extra uh, shipments. Uh, retailers are receiving... <laughs> are you okay? Sorry, I feel like the more I drink this drink, the stronger it gets. I mean, probably all the alcohol sitting at the bottom. It's a cocktail, so all that vodka is probably sitting at the bottom there. Going from cock to tail. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the name comes from right there uh, all um, right but yeah so people people with used inventories are clearing out because everyone's buying them so it would and like I, one of my best friends his wife doesn't play a whole lot of video games she'll watch him play them but she's put in more than a hundred hours in animal crossing mm-hmm. so this is someone who's most experienced with any video game was just dance on the fucking wii okay so uh, so i think that this is interesting too because uh, the category is just the best game that's appropriate for family and not yeah. necessarily the best game to play as a family. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. And that, again, that's why I, that's why I picked Crash Bandicoot because every majority households know, at least at our age now, what Crash Bandicoot is and who that is. Yeah. Okay. So- and it doesn't have it has text. Yeah. Sure. But like. It's a pretty straightforward platforming game. You know what you need to do for the most part. I'm changing my vote. Okay. For me personally. Okay. Because upon reinterpreting the category. Yes. Because it doesn't have to be a game that's played as a family, but just a game that is appropriate for the whole family. Yeah. I'm going to say Paper Mario. Really? Paper Mario gets my vote. That's fair. It is It is an appropriate game. I, like you said, the I, I where I agree where the text-heavy bases. Because I feel like a lot of little kids won't pick up Paper Mario, or yeah. if they do, they'll get frustrated at the gameplay. Because it can be a bit complex in the few, as the further you go down the road. But like when when we're just talking about just a, a flat out like great experience, good wholesome. Oh yeah, I think I would personally choose Paper Mario. That's fair. However, my prediction for what is going to win mm-hmm. is Animal Crossing. Good call. Obviously, because I said it. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next category is best fighting game. This is for the. Let's go! There's I'm some ready. Leg slapping going on. Yeah, let's do it. Jesus. Let's Christ. make it fucking happen, Steven. All right. We're okay. Into the meat and potatoes, of the G, the game awards, the GAs, the gas, the gas, the, the gays, the Georgias. No, it's the gays. What? There's no why. This is it's the gays. Uh, all right. It's got to be the gays. All right, uh, so best fighting game. It's for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat. And the nominees are Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. (laughs) Was this supposed to be a whistle? It was a very weak-ass whistle, ladies and gentlemen. A very, very weak-ass whistle. It was like a sad gust of wind from, like, the clouds asshole. (laughs) Like like a fart (laughs) from a loose butt. All right, so uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Street Fighter Five Champion Edition. Uh-huh. One Punch Man, A Hero Nobody Knows. How the fuck did that get that far? <laughs> Sorry, but... Uh, <laughs> and Under Night In Birth, EXE, Late CLR. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's like somebody just... They were in the middle of typing a title, and then they just slammed their face into the keyboard. They just started coding in the and title. And then they were like, you know what? File extension. <laughs> you know, it works. It's, yeah. So, 
this is this will be a difficult one for me personally uh, to go with. One, I don't know how One Punch Man got up there. Honestly, I have no idea. I've heard awful things. Yeah, I haven't heard a single <laughs> good thing about that game to where I would think it would get nominee nominations. I do think it's an interesting idea because One Punch Man kills people in one punch. Yeah. And the idea is that you're like you're holding off an enemy until he gets there so that he can win. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's interesting, but. Um, aside from from just that blanket concept, but even then, it's this is like a, a true like fighting game. So he's not just just overpowered character you play as in the game, um, like he is in the anime. So, well, no, I, I according to my understanding, he still kills people in one punch. You're just holding off the enemy until he can do that. Huh? It's like it's like that kind of thing. Okay. Well, that makes sense because similar to the anime. But I heard that it's really shitty. Yeah. But anyway, I mean that's just what I heard. Anyway, I so Grand Blue Fantasy versus I haven't had experience with this or Undernight, but both are one. Grand Blue is developed by Arc System Works. Arc System Works has a hard time putting out a bad fighting game. They're fucking phenomenal. Yeah, uh, between Dragon Ball Fighters and their games are gorgeous. Very true. Uh, between Dragon Ball Fighters and Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue, those games are top tier fighting games. They're accessible. They're fun to watch and they're fun to play. So I imagine Grand Blue right up there with it. Uh, Undernight was... And, I mean, the Blaze Blue games are amazing. Yes. They're, they're I can't s- play them, but they're amazing. It's, see, here's the thing. Honestly, if you, go th- if you go through the t- tutorial of any Arc System Works game, they do a good job explaining of what does what. Yeah, but like... So, if you try to go into competitive play, yeah, you're going to get fucking wrecked. I like, still that's just... It. I can't... I just feel like you're bad at fighting games in general, yeah, though. Yeah, okay. I'm really bad at fighting I don't fighting think that's games. a Blaze Blue thing. I'm really bad at fighting games. But actually, so... Uh, I agree that I think Arc System Works makes amazing games, and they're actually involved with Undernight in both yeah. EXE. And that was a sleeper hit too, because when that came out, it was a late insert into the last Evo tournament that happened. Like this game is coming out of nowhere, out of the blue, and out of the blaze blue, out of the blaze blue, and or made its way blue. So it was like, whoa, cool. So I think that game is also top contender. If I had to put my money on a game, though... Well, hold on. What you would vote for? Uh, if I'm putting my money on a game, I would vote for... You are voting for something. I would vote for Mortal Kombat. Same. Yeah. I think that game... I think Mortal Kombat 11 won. This, I feel like Mortal Kombat has revolutionized the story mode in fighting games. Um, so, the story's fun. The story is good! Yeah. It's, it's really fucking... So, yeah. one thing that's amazing about Mortal Kombat 11 is it's kind of like like the uh, Avengers Endgame of Mortal Kombat. Yep. And, like, so much so, the story is pretty similar, honestly. Yeah. In, in an um, aspect, yeah. But here's the thing. I enjoyed the story for Mortal Kombat 11 more than Avengers Endgame. Huh. I was more emotionally invested in the characters. I was more touched by the touching moments. I was more in awe at, like, the badass moments. I thought Mortal Kombat 11's story was amazing, personally. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and the, the motion capture is so good that it is a beautiful game yeah it's a beautiful game and it's between how one how well they handle dlc characters and content like that game can live for a while the thing the, the sad part about mortal Kombat and netherrealm they did they added an entire new like three uh, hour like, story yeah to it the sad well. part about netherrealm game or netherrealm studios games is you know they're like on a two-year rotation so you know the next game to come from them is going to be an injustice game mm-hmm. and then give it two years It'll be another Mortal Kombat game. I feel like Mortal Kombat 11 could last well before we really need a Mortal Kombat 12. We'll get a Mortal Kombat 12 certainly sooner rather than later due to the fact of the story aspect. 
But if there was no real paying attention to the story of Mortal Kombat, 11 would stand a test of time for a few years. Well, the main reason why I like Mortal Kombat 11 is I suck at fighting games. Uh-huh. Um, I almost said I suck at video games, which is also true. <laughs> uh, but... I suck at fighting games, and Mortal Kombat, I feel like, is one of the more accessible fighting games, where even me, who sucks and just button mashes, I still feel like a badass. Yeah. And with a lot of other fighting games, I just don't. And and that makes sense, too, because it's also funny, because Mortal Kombat used to be a very difficult fighting game to play. Um, So where they've made it more accessible for players um, to hop in, but also have not taken away from their hardcore audience... That is a huge, huge aspect. Another big thing for Mortal Kombat 11 is, one, that studio will put that game on any console out there just to see if it works. So they were one of the headliners for um, Google Stadia when it launched. And that, honestly, if you if there's a game you need to be worried about on a streaming platform like Google Stadia or Amazon, um, I can't remember the name of their service it's launched. Luna? I think, I think it's Luna. Yeah, uh, is a <laughs> game is a, is a fighting game because there's you know you you have to be very particular with your frames and um, yeah you don't need any lag yeah you they can't have that so if a game like that works so for another one to say like yeah put it on there that is them saying like I, I in my opinion that's them saying like if you want this to work you need the fighting game community because they're going to be able to pay attention the most to this. Or at least they'll be the most diehard about it. They'll if yeah. you can win the fighting community on a streaming platform. I'm still waiting on the win. Vita version. I'm waiting. Wait, what do you mean? I'm waiting on the Vita version of Mortal Kombat 11. Why are you waiting on the Vita version? You said they released it on any platform. Any platform that wasn't, to see if it works. That was alive, Steven. What? The, Vita, the Vita's dead, Steven. No, the Vita it's is... Not, there are still games releasing for the Vita. Yeah, but not anything that's like... These are things... It is alive! Okay, wow. Oof. Vita means life! <laughs> but it is still dead. The PlayStation Vita is a great system. Yeah, still Best dead. handheld system ever made. Still dead. Ever. Yeah, my, my runner-up would have been Street Fighter, just because of the name alone, but I feel like Street Fighter Five, as a whole is... I feel like Street Fighter is like, it's a fighting game made for people who are competitive fighting game players. Oh, it's definitely a game for competitive fighting game players, because there's no real story to follow along. It's just about like, it's a new game because new mechanics, new graphics, new systems. Uh, Street Fighter Five has been around since early PS4. Like, I was still working at GameStop when it launched, but they keep adding content and updating it. Yeah, they're and... doing what I wish Mortal Kombat would do. Yes, honestly. Yes. uh-huh. Uh, so, but I still like Mortal Kombat more. Yeah, I, I feel like they're doing the right thing with how they're handling it. But again, it's been a while since mm-hmm. the Street Fighter since Street Fighter really captivated anyone. The next time we see Street Fighter really headline anything is if a Street Fighter Six comes out, which according to a recent Capcom leak, probably will be. So, but regardless of how we feel, what game do you think is going to win Best Fighting Game? Mortal what is Com- your prediction? Mortal Kombat Eleven. You think Mortal Kombat Eleven? Fuck yeah! Honestly, that game is. It puts out content still, and the content's relevant. Like, people still talk about it. Like, fucking Rambo, Terminator, and the characters they release. Whenever Mortal Kombat releases a new character, it is headlines. No matter what it is, because people are always wondering what's going to be next. The gameplay is solid. The fact that they added a three-hour little extra campaign to it is the first time any real fighting game of its magnitude has done anything like it. It just re-released the Ultimate Edition for next-gen consoles. Yes. Okay. All right. Not to take away anything those other games there, but Mortal Kombat is the one carrying the torch right now. I'm going to predict that Grand Blue wins. Really? Yeah. How so? Uh, because I think the Blaze Blue games are amazing, mm-hmm. and Grand Blue is a continuation of that, basically. Um, and I also want to keep this competition interesting. Okay. 
Uh, so, in the interest of not voting for or not predicting the same game as you, fair. I'm going to say Grand Blue. Okay. That's going to be my wild card. All right. All right. Would you like to have the honor for the next category? Sure. So let me tip the old tablet over here. So best role playing for the best game designed with rich playing a rich player character character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. Our nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona Five Royal, Wasteland Three, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Stephen, where is your vote going here? Um. This one is tough. That, yeah, that's some solid some solid contenders there. I I like all of these games except for one. I'm assuming that's Wasteland 3. Yes. <laughs> um, fuck. This is really hard. It, it, what? First of all, we have had an amazing year. Yeah, in a, in a year where shit should have gone wrong every which way, <laughs> games did pretty well. We got, <laughs> we got a remake of a game that people have been asking for that that has... Since 2006. God, <laughs> yeah. It, I, it's, it's, it's baffling just thinking about making. it. 14 years. That's There are almost that many Final Fantasy games. And it, yeah, and it's still not done. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it's crazy to think about that. Uh, and Genshin Impact free to play took the world by storm is yeah. uh like it it's it, it doesn't seem like a free to play game no nope. like I, I played it and i'm like all right when do i have to pay mm-hmm. like six hours in still haven't had to pay people play it for like 30 40 hours and that's when they hit a paywall that's that's pretty phenomenal mm-hmm. persona 5 royal uh literally persona 5 already an awesome game made even better mm-hmm. so I mean, you can't really go wrong with a Persona game, personally. And then Yakuza Like a Dragon taking the beloved um, action-packed brawler, mm-hmm. I guess, um, and turning it into a turn-based role-playing game. I've heard great things about this one. I'm excited to play it myself. I'm just holding off because I'm low-key still trying to play all the other Yakuza games. Yeah. Uh, but, damn. Make a choice, make a choice, make a choice, make a choice, make a choice. Personal pick is going to be Yakuza Like a Dragon. Okay. It's the one that I want to play the most. Okay. So that's that's how I'm basing this decision. So knowing how I feel about all of these games here, I'm not a huge fan of the Wasteland series. Yakuza, while I enjoyed watching gameplay, and I think it'd be fun, like Mindless Combat, I could not imagine myself putting that much thought into a Yakuza RPG game. But well, it's got a, it's a class-based system. It, it is, but even then, I could not imagine I'd be like thinking like it, it's too much thinking for a game where I've been so used to mindless combat. Yeah. Um, Genshin Impact, fun, colorful, a uh, lot there. Uh, once the gotcha mechanics kind of hit you out of that wall, it's like okay, I guess I'll stop for a little bit. Uh, and it, I don't feel like it's a, it's gonna have it hasn't had a long-standing effect on me. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I love that fucking game. I love it. I would place it more as an action-adventure game than I would an RPG. While, yes, it has skill trees and can upgrade things and you have accessories, it is very story-driven. There is not a real tactical aspect to it a lot of the times. 
because it's no longer necessarily turn-based, really strategize where you like, go with things. I feel like role-playing, like RPG as a genre, is such a weird thing. Oh, God, it's so vast. It's, it, I mean, and role-playing vague. an action game, like, it's yeah. so, yeah, it is vague. Yeah. And uh, I honestly, I feel like, I feel like the reason why a lot of these games are still in this category is mostly just because of their Japanese-ness, <laughs> more so than anything else. Or they're like Japanese origin. Well, Genshin uh, Impact is Chinese. Uh, or I, I guess we can say Asian origin. Eastern. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But it's just, it. yeah, it's it's weird for the category. Um, but, I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah, it has to do yeah. with customization. As the category says, customization and character progression take the forefront. So there's that. But, but yeah. Yeah. If... If I had to pick a game, if I had to pick a vote, I'm Persona Five Royal. Persona Five. So first of all, I know you. You this and Rachel is, have some history with this, this game. game. I've never played a Persona game before in the past. They've always seemed intimidating or just not my cup of tea. And this mm-hmm. is coming from someone that likes RPGs and I'm a huge fan of anime. This game should be right up my alley, and it is. The characters are fucking wonderful. The story is so just. Oh my god, like the writing and how further it goes. It's a long-ass game, but not once did I, feel like, did I feel like I was wasting my time. And this is coming from someone who just watched someone play it, okay? I watched Rachel play this from beginning to end, and I loved every minute of it. When she was done playing it, I watched the anime. I listened to the soundtrack. There was so much style and edge and creativity. This game oozes charisma. So okay. to, to not... And then on top of that, the Royal Edition just adds so many more quality of life updates to it it is definitive it is the don't go back if you want to play five it is because you want to play more of royal that is the only reason you should go back and play in persona five persona five royal best rpg ever i don't know about are you saying no honestly i i yeah i'd say ever i'll I'll fight it i don't care. wow wow i'll catch hands let's do it damn okay that game is fucking phenomenal all right. Like, it has me sad that there might be a Persona 6 and it's not just more Persona 5. Well, I mean, now you can enjoy more Persona. More Persona, but it's not. But the thing is, I want more Persona 5. Play Persona 5 dancing. That's not the same. <laughs> it is not the same. Go to hell. It, it is really not the same. Go to hell just for saying that. It is not the no. same at all. But it's an easy platinum. That's true. Um, that's about all if it's they got going it for. <laughs> if, they, if they make it free, I'll take it. It's, it's fun. It's a nice mindless thing to do, yeah. but... Uh, Anyways, um, okay, so what, what do you predict is going to win, though? That's a tough one. It's between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Persona 5 Royal. I feel the same. Yeah, I think those two will be the, excuse me, the ones to take it. Because while I don't feel Final Fantasy VII is as much of an RPG as Persona 5 Royal is, because Persona 5, while you don't customize your well, characters I mean, a whole it's, bunch... it's in the category, though. Yeah, so if I had to pick... Final Fantasy VII Remake. I think popularity alone, that game will win it. Okay, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Because with this game, I, I'm assuming taking pop... Uh, so for everyone understanding, I believe how this year's Game Awards will work. There are not only popular votes, but there is still like a jury of, uh, of voters, uh, the voting council there. So I still think they will play a factor into this. So I think we'll have the official vote plus the popular vote going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I think an official vote was made, if we're talking strictly official vote, Persona 5 Royal. If it's a mix, 
Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I was going to vote for Final Fantasy VII Remake, but um, I am now going to predict Persona 5 Royal. Mm-hmm. So, because I was torn just like you. I feel like yeah. either of those really could win. So, yeah. All right. So we shall see. Okay. Um, so, next category. Best action slash adventure game. This is for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Well, let's make it happen, Cabin. Jesus. Let's do it. So, nominees are Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Val- Valhalla. 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 Ghost of Tsushima. Marvel's Spider Man Miles Morales. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Wisps. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The Last of Us Part 2. I'm getting hype over here, ladies and gentlemen. There's another right, fucking phenomenal go. category. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Fuck. So, I, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. One, I, I love Norse mythology. I haven't had a fun time with an Assassin's Creed game since Assassin's Creed 3. And even then, that wasn't that fun. This one's got a lot more, like, silly fun bits. There, there, that is true. Gameplay-wise, though, from what I've heard, uh, someone who's played... Now, granted, this person has played a lot of Souls games and has then gone back to Assassin's Creed. The combat is trying to keep that slow paceness and brutality of a Souls game, but it's still pretty easy, so it comes off as slow to some players. Mm-hmm. So and not enjoyable because there's no challenge behind it at that aspect. So if you're gonna have a game where it's not as much challenge, you want it slow to read time things. It comes well, off as unfun. I, no, I, I don't care about what they think. What do you think? What, well, it's this thing. It's the only experience I have with the game to think okay. like, okay, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I love what I've seen in the game. Again, have not played it yet. Uh, it's gorgeous. I think with traversing, how the wind kind of gives you direction in that aspect, and it's still very open for you to do things. Uh, you can go to the combat in different aspects. You need. To play Ghost of Tsushima. I know I need to play it, damn it. it, it you, it's it's going to happen. To this, you need to play Ghost of Tsushima right now. Just play the game. Why are you whispering in the microphone so creepy? This is the bonus Stop it. Stop. Shit, strip. So, Ghost of Tsushima has a whole package. Love Spider Man Miles Morales. I think Ghost of Tsushima will be better because Miles Morales is just kind of more of the same with a few variations here. Mm-hmm. Ori in the Blind and the Will of the Wisp looks fun. It's a platformer. I, it's nothing, you know. Star Wars. Uh, tried to be a lot of things at once and it kind of floundered in my opinion mm-hmm. and last of us I, I if we're talking strictly action adventure that game is a lot of storytelling if we're looking at, at, at how the action is and how the traversal is and things of that thing of that nature what this category is saying it should be my vote goes towards Ghost of Tsushima so I um This one's really tough because um, I think both Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two are phenomenal in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think of best, um, I think of what succeeds in every way. Mm-hmm. And I think Ghost of Tsushima is a very gamey game. Mm-hmm. It's very satisfying to play, um, but there are some moments that aren't as polished. Uh, I think they did a phenomenal job with certain certain aspects of it, um, but uh, and actually, like the story hit me a lot more uh, than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, 
I, I truly believe that The Last of Us Part Two is just on a whole new level. Okay. Like, this is... This game looks next-gen, and it came out on a seven-year-old, eight-year-old system. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it looks phenomenal. It plays phenomenal. The things that they're doing, it's just technically it is an achievement. When it comes to writing, it, it is an achievement. When it comes to uh, the, the ways that you can interact with the environment organically, this game is, dare I say, a masterpiece. Um, and... I, I wish that I could say more, but I, I do not want to spoil things, uh, specifically because you haven't played it, Alex. But um, I think The Last of Us Part Two is in a league all of its own. Okay. So I I have to choose that. Fair. No. I, I, I would feel bad. I do really love Ghost of Tsushima, and I honestly think I enjoyed playing Ghost of Tsushima more. <laughs> But that's just because The Last of Us Part Two is just fucking gut wrenching. Okay. Um, but so, what do you think will win the actual vote? I think Last of Us Part Two. Okay. I'm still putting my money on. Excuse me, on Ghost of Tsushima. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that's I'll, honestly I feel like this is going to be the biggest debate yeah. when it comes to the Game Awards is between those two games because. And I think it'll be based off of this, not necessarily. I think that conversation will go down to. Uh, really what fits that category more i don't think it'll be a lack of quality towards the games it'll be what game fits the action adventure well, I mean, genre but here's the thing i don't think i don't think the category is up to debate because these games were nominated in those categories well see that's they're the thing. just asking which is the best game out of these games in but this i just feel like from past game wars and in instances what i've seen i've seen game of the year win game of the year but then it'll be in a genre category mm-hmm. and it doesn't win it and that's simply because it's like, well, sure, Doom Eternal is, you know, it's nominated for Game of the Year and one best action game, but when it comes to Game of the Year, we're not holding it to this one specific genre. Whereas, you know, Doom Eternal is a strictly an action game that's about the action aspect. It is not worthy of the Game of the Year title. I mean, that's Just fair enough. That. So that's, um, that's what I, I do, think that comes I through. do think, though, when it comes to the gameplay mechanics and how everything meshes together, yeah, I think The Last of Us still succeeds. Right. It does, so, it does things... Again, it just does things on a level and that I think is just... I'll, I'll, I'll bring this point up later when we get further into conversation. So let, let's move right along here. Best action game for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat. I like these descriptions, by the way, because yes. they help me understand what they're looking sometimes for. Sometimes I feel like there's a very fine line between a thing and i like how puzzle or action adventure mm-hmm. also has traversal and puzzle exactly and combat mm-hmm. and action is focused on the combat mm-hmm. so that makes sense yes so our nominees are doom eternal hades half-life alex neo 2 streets of rage 4 what a diverse category mm-hmm. we have some interesting i mean th- we have a, a handful of different genres represented here. That's that, pretty cool. Or, I mean, you know, like, oh, di- I guess styles. Different styles of game, yeah. So, where, where does your pick go? Okay, my pick. Again, the one that I am most excited about playing mm-hmm. is how I'm making this decision. And with that in mind, I'm going to say Half-Life Alex. Okay. I'm going with Doom Eternal. Interesting. Yeah, I think Doom just with, again, that game is pure, raw, 
action. It is nonstop. It keeps you moving. It keeps you going. So I think it fits like the. It is the epitome of action. Okay. Yeah. That's, honestly, that's a good point. I, I think that's where it comes from. Okay. And which one do you think is going to win? What do you predict is Doom going Eternal. to win? Doom Eternal. Yeah, okay. I think that'll go for it. I'm going to predict Hades. Really? Yeah. Okay. There's been a lot of buzz for it online. I don't know. I'm just feeling it. I, I, I think it'll win in other categories. I don't think it'll win best action, but I can definitely see it winning some other sections there. I'm feeling it. Okay. Feeling it. Let's keep it going. Feeling it on this ASMR bonus episode. Oh, my God. Directly in your ear holes. Please stop. Innovation and accessibility. Recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. And the nominees are Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Grounded, Hyper Root, Last of Us Part 2, Watch Dogs Legion. My vote's going Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I, that game has too much going for it to talk about when it comes to accessibility. It is extremely innovative in that aspect. You don't even have to play the game to read what that game has done to keep people available, like to make that game available for everyone. I just, so. I need to say, I literally invited a blind person over to my home to see if they could play The Last of Us Part Two using the accessibility options, and they could. A blind person could play Last of Us Part Two because of the accessibility options. How how blind is this person? Like, is it like can't see it all, or like, like can't see most things? Basically, it's like a pinhole. Okay. Of sight. Okay. But that's it. Okay. And that's not to say that they didn't struggle. No. Yeah. But uh, the options that are available, there's a lot of like audio cues, and there there's. Literally, there are so many different things in the accessibility options for this game, uh, and they were things that helped me. They were things that helped somebody who was blind. They they have accessibility options for people with with motor disabilities. With uh, like, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. The the things that they are doing with that game in terms of accessibility, I think, is again just it is a whole new level. So that gets my personal vote and. I am predicting that that is going to... Same here. I think that game will crush it when it comes to accessibility, without a shadow of a doubt. Next category, Stephen. Best Best VR AR. VR AR. So, for this category, it is for the best game experience playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. And the nominees are... Dreams, Half-Life Alex. Marvel's Iron Man VR, Star Wars Squadrons, and The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. What do you think? Mm, Half-Life Alex. Honestly, you you did not see a negative thing about that game when it came out. Not a negative thing. I think, if anything, the only thing that really hindered it is the fact that it's only available on PC outside of that that game was damn near perfect according to everything i read so okay when you have a vr game have such great physics which is extremely difficult to do in a vr game you've got something special there so i think that'll win that and i think it'll win in the actual show oh so you're predicting oh for sure i i expect half-life alex to crush it are you sure it's not just because alex is in the name it's spelled wrong so no 
it's spelled wrong or yeah, maybe your name is the one that's spelled nah, wrong. nah you can go fuck yourself and that one's spelled wrong all right fair enough yep i agree mm-hmm. you don't spell alex with a y nope fucking heathens mm-hmm. i personally pick dreams um and i'm doing this selfishly because uh, I don't really think dreams is represented in as many other categories. I think dreams is a hard game to categorize anyways. True. So um, I, I'm voting for it here because even though I don't know if the VR is necessarily the shining feature of this game, this game is so many things and it is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's, it's hard to categorize, um, but the fact that they added vr capabilities to a game where people can make literally whatever the fuck they want means that you get whatever the fuck you want in dreams in vr so i think that that's amazing i think dreams personally i think dreams is a technical and a design achievement that is going to have a massive ripple effect in the industry and um I, I, I think it's a really big fucking deal. Uh, and I think that we're going to see more of it in the future. And I think that it's going to be something that people look back on and, uh, you know, they're just like, wow, that was a pivotal moment, personally. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go against my gut. And I'm going to predict... Fuck it. I'm going to predict dreams as well. Ooh, Steven's getting spicy in here, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's my, the fuck. my gut feeling. I He's was going wild. to... My safe prediction yeah. was going to be The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it's actually amazing. And similar to uh, Half-Life Alex, it, um, it has like a sense of weight to it, to okay. the combat. But uh, it mixes a lot of like role-playing game elements. And it's a lot more involved than you would think. Okay. So uh, that was going to be my my safe prediction, oddly enough. All right. But I'm going to say Dreams. Fuck it. Dreams is fucking amazing. So that's my prediction. All right. So next category, best community support. Recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, responsiveness, inclusive social media activity, and game updates slash patches. So, our nominees are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, Valorant. Money's on Destiny 2. Destiny 2, wow. That community has always been extremely responsive and is not afraid of critiquing Bungie and letting them know what they want or see what they have a problem with. And Bungie is, while they may not always do everything, they communicate what they're doing as soon as they can. Um, especially since breaking away from Activision, they've taken full control as to what this game is and they, what they want it to be. So I think, and when it comes to any updates or plans, they're they're on it. They let people know exactly what they're doing, how they're mm-hmm. doing it. Whether or not fans agree with how they're doing it or the other, they're transparent as to how it's happening. So my money's on Destiny too, And I think they'll, I think again, they'll win that one. Okay, personally. so you predict Destiny 2 Yeah, as I well. predict Destiny 2 will win that one as well. I'm going to say No Man's Sky. Okay. Because this game, uh, and that's my prediction as well. Okay. 
Uh, that's also my personal pick. This game has been through a lot, mm-hmm. and it has had a massive turnaround, and now it is just it, it just keeps growing and growing, and every time that there's an update, it's almost like it adds a whole new layer to the game. It's not just... So a lot of times when a game gets um, new additions or uh, you know something like that, it's just like a new area, a new map, new weapons, like things like that. But No Man's Sky is adding new features, more like in-depth detail to the world overall, and it's it's fascinating to me, uh, like the amount that they've added to this game. Uh, and I, th- I think they just had such a massive turnaround. And to this day, they have not charged a single penny for any of the updates. True. And that, I think, is phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. So, No Man's Sky. With that being said, if Warframe were in this category, things might be different for me. Because Warframe is amazing. Just throwing that out there. But yeah. So, next category the best mobile game this is for the best game playable on a mobile device and the nominees are among us call of duty mobile genshin impact legends of runeterra thank you Mm -hmm. legends of runeterra and pokemon cafe mix among us i'm gonna say genshin impact really yeah hmm as my personal and as my prediction. See, my prediction is also going to be... Should we just say our prediction should also be our personal pick? Sure. Okay. I mean, at this point, like, we're picking... <laughs> yeah, I mean, but some of them are a little bit different. Though, some of them, some yeah. of them... Earlier on. Maybe we can just specifically state if they're different. Yeah. But if, if we don't specifically state, we'll just assume that they're the same. Yeah. Uh, because some of them I, I recognize that I have peculiar taste. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I, I think Among Us, just because, one, that game has had a hell of a year from being a game that launched earlier this year with little to no conversation, anything behind it, no one really gave a shit, to now becoming what it is today, um, to where the developer doesn't necessarily want to make a sequel right away, but just expand on what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that that game is playable on just about everything, yeah. um, and it's accessible, whereas I feel, in your, asp- in your case, Genshin Impact... Playing it mobily is not as comfortable. I think most of the I players like, are playing it mobile. I feel like most players are playing mobily, sure, but I think that's due to where it's available as well. I think in a country like where that's a Chinese developed game, most players that they're playing in China are probably playing on their phone as opposed to playing on an actual console. Uh, so I think it's just about where the where it's available market wise too. Personally, I think Genshin Impact is changing <laughs> all those creaks. Jesus, squeak, squeak, squeak. Uh, I think Genshin Impact is changing how we view mobile games, and it's changing how we view a free to play model. Certainly, uh, I think that it is. Uh, it's one of the, I, I think again, it's going to be one of those games where we're going to look back and we're going to be like, okay, this game uh, made a difference. I think it's a step forward for the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. That's why it gets my vote, personally. Okay. But on to the next category. One of my favorite categories. Uh, would you like to have the honor, Alex? Best Indie for Outstanding Creative and Technical Achievement in a Game Made Outside the Traditional Publisher System. And our nominees are Carry On, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, Hades, Splunky 2, Spiritfarer, Hades 2. 
Hades motherfucking two. Or not, I mean Hades too. Hades. I, I was thinking <laughs> Hades, Spelunky. but reading Splunky. But I think Hades will take the fucking cake. You think Hades will take the cake? Oh, for sure. That game was in PC beta for a while. That game released on Switch, and it has been nonstop and has no signs of stopping. That okay. game, and having played it, having talked to people who have played it, the game is phenomenal. Supergiant 1, fantastic indie developer. Um, and I feel like they, I can't think of a thing they've put out that has not reached success. I think Hades is nothing different of that. I think that game is top tier. Um, while granted, nothing to take away from games like Spelunky or Fall Guys, Hades is on another level. I'm going with Spiritfarer. All right, uh, because Spiritfarer is interesting because it takes a, a type of game or a um, a uh, I guess style of gameplay, and it adds so much heart and soul to it uh similar to like how celeste had an impact on people where it took like a very challenging platformer and uh, made it an emotionally impactful experience spirit spirit fairer takes um uh like the the idea behind a game like uh stardew valley for example or animal crossing like that kind of thing where you're collecting resources crafting things slowly building things up uh, and it adds such a poignant but like profoundly important message. I think Spiritfarer is not only a phenomenal game, a game that you can play co-op, local co-op as well, by the way. Oh, um, okay, yeah. But I think it's not only a, a phenomenal game, but I think it's an important game. So... I'd say Spirit Fair, personally. Okay. All right. Are you familiar with Spirit Fair at all? I, to an extent, not a whole lot, but I, I, I believe Rachel played it for a little bit. Really? But yeah. If I'm thinking of the right game, it's been a while since she played it. If she played it, um, uh, I mean, this just relatively recently. Came then out. maybe not the same thing. Like but, a couple months ago. Okay. Then what Spirit Fair is not what she was playing before. Okay. I'm thinking of something else. But I, I'm familiar with it. It not my huge cup of tea, honestly. But huh? I feel like you and Rachel would really enjoy playing that game together. See, that's the thing. It's hard for me to play games together. Like we find plenty of games where I'm like, yeah, I enjoy that. Let's do it. But like mm-hmm. I've been I grew up playing games on my own and spent that way like I didn't start playing multiplayer games until, you know, getting a relationship with her. Yeah. So that's a hump and a hurdle I'm trying to get over now. But because I do enjoy those games, but, like, my first pick when I hear, like, oh, I want to play a game, my mind really goes to, like, oh, let's play a single-player story game. I've always, like, because that's something I've always enjoyed, so. Well, I'm telling you, if you're interested in a story game, mm-hmm. this game... Mm-hmm. See, you say that, but I'm like, I, but at the same time, in my heart of hearts, I want Hades. I want it so bad. Okay, all right, okay. We shall see. All right. I do think Hades is more popular than Spiritfarer. True. Uh, but I think just Spiritfarer is fucking great. <laughs> but, all right. Best ongoing game. Awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Our options are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. I'm going with Fortnite. I'm going with No Man's Sky. Yeah. I think Fortnite, with their constant uh, 
was it partnerships they have with major productions like i mean this whole nexus thing they have with marvel right now is huge because it can kind of work in its way into the comics i don't think it would be canical by any means at the end of it all but it is massive and on top of the ghostbusters content i and i feel like the game is just it's doing everything right and has and again another game that has no sense of really stopping uh i while no man's sky i feel like doing great with uh being a great ongoing game, I don't think it has nearly the success behind it. And while it's a great, it's a great comeback kid story by all means, and the content is definitely good. Uh, I just at the same time, I don't think it holds a candle to Fortnite. So, I actually agree with you, mm-hmm. uh, but in the interest of keeping this interesting, yes. I'm saying No Man's Sky. All right, because that would be my second pick. Okay, personally, uh, but yeah, I I agree completely with what you were saying. Yeah. Um, so now, another one of my favorite categories, Games okay. for Impact. This is for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. And the nominees for this category are If Found, mm-hmm. Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Spiritfarer, Tell Me Why, and Through the Darkest of Times. So honestly, I don't know a whole lot about most of these games. I, I, I've have nothing that really i've heard you know tell me why uh but again i feel like since the initial announcement and release i haven't heard a whole lot i haven't really paid too much attention to it again spirit fair we talked about that a little bit ago so i, I don't know what i would vote for and kentucky route zero i heard a lot about that too as well but again not, not to where i was paying active attention to it so I, I don't know what i would vote for in this case i feel like from what you just told me I mean, no one, okay, you know, if I had to vote, tell me why. Because I know what Dotnot's capable of. I know what they've done with okay. the, Life is Strange, the Life is Strange games, so I would go that route. And I would predict them win to two, also winning uh, just because of, you know, popularity name and people who played, uh, what is it, uh, Life is Strange probably picked this up too and went with it. So I think it'll win just due to popularity alone. Um, I'm going to say Spirit Fair. Okay. Uh, because it's so fucking good. Um, and so, like, th- there are a lot of awesome games in this category. Uh, and, uh, I mean, Kentucky Route Zero is just this really, like, surreal um, experience. It's hard to put into words because it's got a lot of just... <laughs> it's very bizarre. <laughs> um, it, it's But it's very interesting. Uh, and uh, tell me why it's very much so in the vein of you know, don't nods previous stuff. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I'm not as familiar with Through the Darkest of Times or If Found. Based on these thumbnails, though, the art is kind of cool. So kind of more interested now. Uh, but Spirit Fair, it for those of you who are unfamiliar, just a quick like Cliff Notes version. You play as a character who inherits uh, a ferry, like a ferry boat, um, and they are responsible for ferrying people into the afterlife. So um, when somebody dies, you basically bring their soul to the afterlife. But the way that the game plays is you um, you basically upgrade and, and build up the ship. You can like dock the ship and explore these areas and collect materials. And the whole goal is to make this, this all these different characters experience their journey to the afterlife as comforting and um, pleasant as possible. And, I mean, there's a mechanic in the game for hugging characters. Uh, it talks about, like, very deep 
ideas and, and, and like concepts, uh, feelings of just uncertainty and being scared and the importance of like loving one another and just knowing, like making sure that people know that they're cared for. And I just think that it's, it's truly a beautiful experience uh, and one that I recommend that people play. I think it's, it's one of those things where if we're talking about games for impact, I think Spirit Fair has the potential to actually kind of change the way that people navigate the real world, and that's that's a big deal. I'm literally on the website right now, and it just says Spirit Fair, a cozy management game about dying. Yeah. So if that <laughs> that already is like, oh wow, okay, it brings the heaviness there. And just to go back, so I do remember this game more so now. I look up screenshots. Um, Rachel and I did look at this game when it was announced at an indie showcase, I believe. Um, or Nindies, I should say, showcase. And while I think she thought it was cute, and she liked the aspect, and she liked how heavy it would be, and she likes that manager style of games, I think that's about as far as it really got. So, I don't, I don't know. So It's not my cup of tea. I think it's something I'd watch her play. A friend but, of mine, Holly. Yeah. Um, I, I saw the trailer for this game, and I immediately sent her the trailer and i was like hey this seems like something you would really really enjoy um so here's the trailer i suggest that you play this um she didn't even finish the trailer she bought the game and then four hours later she sent me a message and she said um actually i will tell you exactly what she said um so that I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to misquote her. Uh, But she said, this is the most charming game I've maybe ever played. It is incredibly good. And then, uh, five hours after she sent that message, she said, well, I just now put it down after playing for a straight six hours, and yes, this game will make you cry. So that's okay. I that, say, is that's, there more? <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> the way you're holding out. Well, she was also saying, um, I was asking her, you know, how she felt about it. Is it worth the money? And she said, um, it's thirty dollars, and she thinks that it should cost more. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, you know, a, a glowing review from somebody who uh, I, I deeply respect. Uh, so, there's that. All right. Moving right along, we have best performance. Ordered to an individual for voice, voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. Nominees are Ashley Johnson as Ellie, Laura Bailey as Abby, uh, Dice, Dice well, K. We should also probably say the game. Oh, uh, Ashley Johnson as Ellie in Last of Us Part 2, Laura Bailey as Abby in Last of Us Part 2, Dice K. Suji as Jin Sakai, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Logan Cunningham as Hades in Hades. Uh, and Maji Jeter as Miles Morales, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. So just from what I've seen alone, with conversation-wise, because I have only really played one of these games in depth, uh, Laura Bailey as Abby, I feel like has like taken the cake. So when people talk about a character from Last of Us, I don't feel like they don't talk about Joel, they don't talk about Ellie, they talk about Abby, and it is because of the character that she is so my pick and the pick to win it laura bailey is abby 
as much as I want to keep this interesting, mm-hmm. I have to agree. As somebody who has played the game, I have to agree. Phenomenal performance. Um, phenomenal performances across the board, honestly, with all of these. I, you know um, what? So I don't think the same about Miles Morales. I I mean, from what I saw, I enjoyed. But I haven't seen much more than just it's the opening. not necessarily about... It, not to say he's a bad actor by any means. I think the model... So, for instance, they changed Peter Parker's model to fit more of Yuri Lowenthal's like, voice acting, per se, mm-hmm. right? I feel like that was more deserved towards Miles. Miles looks like a kid. He looks the same age as Peter Parker. So, and then you have this voice that sounds like he should be 16. It, it's mismatching. I, I don't, I can't jive with it. Whereas if I watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and I see Miles Morales, I'm like, okay, yeah, that voice fits for like a, a kid who's in a, this new school and he's at this age and he's like, you know, getting ready to start, pu- like he's going through puberty and all stuff. Like, cool, I get that. This game, I do not hear that by any means. It seems like it's total tonal shit. So listening to the voice, seeing the model, it just does not resonate in my head. It didn't in the first game. And I just feel like, and I was hoping when I saw the second game, I was like, okay, Miles looks a bit older because it takes a year after um, Spider-Man 2018. That it would like match better. That it would match better because he would get older. But no, his voice is the same and he looks the same so it's like it's like nothing happened so i'm like eh, uh, okay so well it's not bad by any means I, I feel like it could have been better well okay yeah I, I i haven't seen as much of miles morales as you have but uh well i think i think, I think it goes without saying though that abby <laughs> last of us part two yeah anyway. uh, fucking awesome best audio design Recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. And the nominees are Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil 3, Last of Us Part 2. Again, haven't played a whole lot of these. If I had to pick one, though, Last of Us Part 2. Okay. I feel like that game, like just watching the behind-the-scenes developer commentary and reading about what the game has done with its design and not just sound... But in like every other aspect, killer. It's top tier. I, I would put anything against it. I think my next up behind it would be Resident Evil, honestly, because Resident okay. Evil, like uh, those games, have always had a very intricate sound design process, just to make sure to get all the you know the, the gunshots, the gooey sounds, and the eeriness of everything. Gooey sounds. Yeah, the gooey sounds. I'm a fan of the gooey sounds. Mm. All right. Um, so, for me, this one is a toss up. Okay. And it's a toss-up between, honestly, my toss-up for the entire fucking year, Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. And the reason why is, I think The Last of Us Part Two, um, there are a lot of, like, little small details that are kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, like, you can, they're, like, safes, and you use, like, the safe combination mm-hmm. in order to um, open the safe. And if you don't know the, the combination, you can actually listen for the difference in the clicks to be able to unlock that safe. Uh, that's the kind of detail that we're talking about when it comes to The Last of Us Part Two. So that's fucking amazing. Yeah. And um, honestly, it would totally 100,000 bajillion percent get my pick um, and my prediction. I have to give a shout out to Ghost of Tsushima as well. 
but fuck, I can't make this one interesting. It has to be Last yeah, of Us Part Two. Who cares about making it interesting? I mean, we're we're kind of like, we're giving what we think should be best. There's beer on the line. Ah, we got plenty of other things to go in between there, though. So, best music and score: Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Last of Us Part Two. So I think if we're going with music, from what I've heard at least, I've heard Doom Eternal, I've heard Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I've heard a bit of Hades. Uh, I have to go with Final Fantasy VII Remake. I love the music in that game. I really do. I feel like it captures a lot of the hype moments. Uh, It definitely has a way of melding you out. And the end credits song, damn, hits you. Just like knowing everything that happens, I'm like, woo, woo. And knowing the history of that game, I'm like, all right. I'm into it. So. I have to agree. Really? Yes. Huh. Yes, I think Final Fantasy VII uh, has a phenomenal soundtrack, and uh, I haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake, even though I own it. And the reason why is every time I boot it up, I stop at the main menu, and I sit there and I listen to the music, and I cry. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Honest to goodness. Uh, so that alone, uh, yeah. You need to play Final Fantasy VII. Right? I know I need to. You I know. need to play it. It's, it's on my list. I've got a list. All right. Um, but, I mean, my second vote would have been Ori, personally. Have you listened to the music from Ori? Yeah. Okay. It's beautiful. I mean, it's true. It's absolutely beautiful. I think that, honestly, out of these, the weakest when it comes to the score and the music personally i think the weakest is last of us part two probably because i feel like there's not a whole lot of music in that game i feel like that's the only category where uh yeah i think the music takes a back seat yeah for a lot i feel of like games. it's a very quiet game if um, it's anything like the however first one. i will say this category includes also licensed soundtrack mm-hmm. there is one thing in particular that i will not spoil but there is one thing in particular from the last of us part two that if I was judging on that alone, I would vote Last of Us Part Two, and it is phenomenal. <laughs> so I, I will just leave that there because I don't want to spoil anything. But oh my god! All right, another thing that fucking made me cry. <laughs> god, best art direction for outstanding creative and/or technical achievements in artistic design and animation. The nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Last of Us Part Two. Is that the same list we just read? I think it is. No, last one had Doom Eternal. Oh, Doom. I was like, what the hell? Doom is the difference. But <laughs> um, If I had to pick art direction-wise, uh, this is a toss-up. I know my pick. I'd, I'm gonna go with Ghost of Tsushima. That's that's yeah. what my pick. I'm gonna go with Ghost. I feel like that game does all. There's a lot, and not necessarily just with like, even with the settings, the things you can customize in it, like the different filters. I think that alone, ha- and the level of detail that went into, I can't remember the name of it, but the black and white mode. The level of detail that goes into that alone is phenomenal. It's not just this. Oh, we're gonna make it black and white. There is every detail aspect they can make in that game. They did so. I think that, yeah. I would say Ghost of Tsushima as well. I think that the strongest thing in that game is the art direction. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a graphically impressive game, right? personally, but the art direction just elevates it to a level where it doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. It is 
absolutely gorgeous. Most of my time spent playing that game was admiring how beautiful it was. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, I do think uh, my runner-up, though, I have to say, uh, would be Final Fantasy Remake. Yeah, that that's where I was going. I, I just because they took they took they took what was already there and they just they really fully realized it mm-hmm. in such a, a phenomenal way. And so. expand say expanded what was a, a few hours in the original into a full twenty five hour thing, and that is the amount of care that takes you can't take away from. So best narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. Nominees are 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Aegis, I don't know, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Last of Us Part Two. So not going to lie, I'm going with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, okay. Hardcore. That game, they took something, they took a game that came out late 90s and expanded upon it connected it and have more to deliver and i am still like i'm hungry for it like i am starving for it while i want to play ghost of tsushima while i want to play last of us part two i need part two of final fantasy 7 remake need it okay because the way that game ended i'm like like there's it's such a what the fuck moment i'm like i need part two now I don't know if we're gonna see all of Final Fantasy VII remake in our lifetime. Just I think saying. we will. I think because they've laid the according to what Tetsuya Nomura said about Part Two and the release. He doesn't fucking well, no, <laughs> he said he because he's he's laid the groundwork through this. He doesn't expect. I don't think there'll be a bunch of gameplay development changes with Part Two because the yeah. gameplay in Part One worked so well. It's not like Kingdom Hearts where the gameplay there's this massive change in how it played from one to two and then to three. Um, and again, the, along what took a long time with three was he was developing this with Final Fantasy VII remake and three at the same time before he handed off one like, all right, hey you, you need to finish this. I gotta work on this. I honestly, I feel like so, he wants nothing to do with this game. With Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. What? Why? <laughs> he's. I feel like he's like strung out, man. No, he said this would be when he first talked about remaking this game. He's like, yeah, when he first talked about it. Yeah, if I make this game, it is. It's got to be the right moment ready to go i think this game i think he's he's ready i think he's he's fine like especially seriously if you play this game he is firing on all cylinders all right all right uh i i need to play it you do i need to play it i think he's tired of kingdom hearts personally i think we're all tired of kingdom hearts Hearts is like it's with i think that's where he's burnt out i think he I wanted that to be so good, and I was so disappointed. Like, I liked hearts. 3, and I enjoyed it, but it was just like, I was expecting this to be the end. It's not. <laughs> well, and it just wasn't... It, what a not satisfying game. With how long it took, there should have been... Not... Yeah. The, okay, I have, I have so, so many feelings For instance, that. But anyways, yeah. uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, for instance, like with how long it took for Kingdom Hearts 3 and what it became... And how disappointing it was with how long it took for Final Fantasy Final Fantasy VII remake to happen. Mm-hmm. It paid off in just about every aspect. Okay. All right. So, did you? I am again torn. 
Okay. <laughs> Between Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, and the reason why I'm torn is because I was not expecting to care about the story for Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to just be a nice, pretty game that I play as a palate cleanser after playing Last of Us Part Two. And oh my god. Ghost of Tsushima moved me more than The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, it made me weep uncontrollably. <laughs> um, it, 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 it hit me in a way that I just was not expecting. And it, it went in directions that I didn't think that it would go. Okay. It sounds like you made your decision. You said you're torn, but... With that being said... Okay. I expected The Last of Us Part Two to be an amazing narrative experience. Mm-hmm. And it took my expectations and destroyed them. And what it gave me was something beyond what I could have thought it could be. Um, The reason why I was not emotionally moved as much by The Last of Us Part Two is because it also destroyed me. (laughs) Like, the game, the, the story made me cold i guess I, I don't know how to really explain it i feel like it's a similar way that soldiers feel when they they come back from a war it's like <laughs> after seeing so many awful things it's almost like okay nothing phases me now and by the end of that game i was just like i was i was done if that makes sense but it, it is one hell of a journey and it goes in places that i think that I personally think Naughty Dog is brave for going uh, there. Okay. Um, so I have to say Last of Us Part Two. Okay. All right. Moving right along. Best Game Direction. Awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in Game Direction and Design. And the nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Last of Us Part Two. I feel like we're going to sound like broken records here. Yeah, I feel like we're getting to that point uh, <laughs> where it's just like, yes. Uh, so for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction, I think Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, honestly. So, After everything that you just said about Final Fantasy VII Remake. So while I love Final Fantasy VII Remake, I don't think it did anything crazy innovative. I think the biggest thing they did was take a story that happened almost 20 years ago um, and have found a way to expand upon it in a fresh and exciting way. Okay. Ghost of Tsushima being a, one, brand new IP off of a genre that hasn't necessarily been explored in a long time, especially in our age. Um, and... Wait, could you repeat what you, uh, a genre with like the what the Eastern like a samurai film? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, no, okay, no, 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 okay. no, 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 and outside of like anime <laughs> exactly yeah. and even then i don't think an anime has reached the levels of like what that game is yeah because anime still typically goes for an over the top aspect 
this game is, excuse me, does not. At least from what I've seen and I've, I've read. So, Ghost of Tsushima, I would say, with the best direction. Because it, it knew what it wanted to be and nailed it. Okay. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I hate saying this because I do sound like a broken record, but I think The Last of Us Part Two is on a whole nother level. Okay. So Last of Us Part Two gets my vote. All right. Steven, this is it. The final category. Game of the year. Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. The nominees are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Last of Us Part Two. Last of Us Part Two, Stephen. So while I don't think Last of Us should win every category it's in by any means, because of it being held by specific categories, this game still excels in almost every aspect it goes for. So while it may not be the best action-adventure game, because it's not just an action-adventure game, it's not aiming to just be an action-adventure game, it is aiming to be a game that capitalizes on every aspect of what a game should be. Where storytelling, presentation, sound, visuals, accessibility, it hits all of those notes, as you just previously said, on a whole nother level. So while it may not be, again, the best action-adventure game, it's not the best action-adventure game. Ghost of Tsushima, I would say, is a better action-adventure game. But when it comes to Game of the Year, Last of Us Part Two beats out in every aspect. This is an insane year. Yeah. Uh, I think every single game in here, uh, with only one exception, personally, uh, I would recommend to almost everybody, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think all of these games are absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Just to be clear, the one that I I don't think I would recommend that everyone try is Hades. Um, Fair. Just because I feel like it's... Not everyone, that's not everyone, that game is not everyone's cup of tea. I feel like it's also more exciting because it's fresh, but I don't think it necessarily does too much to innovate. Correct. Um, so that's that's just, you know, that's my take at yeah. least. But, um, you know, if I, if I were to hand these games... To somebody who had never played games before, mm-hmm. I think they would be in for one hell of a treat. Yep. Um, so, I am torn again mm-hmm. between The Last of Us Part Two and Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and the reason is, I think, I think The Last of Us Part Two excels. In everything that it does, I think it is a technical marvel. I think it is a an innovation. It is a, a true achievement in video game design uh, and artistry. With that being said, I think Animal Crossing is the game that we needed this year. Fair. I think that it 
resonated with people mm-hmm. during a pandemic. It gave us comfort. I think The Last of Us um, was probably the worst thing I could have experienced this year. <laughs> uh, just because it is so fucking heavy. Yeah. And uh, that on top of everything that was going on this year, it was difficult and i know that that's not necessarily the game's fault Mm -hmm. but what i'm saying is i think animal crossing is sort of emblematic of this year as a whole and i feel like it it kind of stands in defiance to what this year was so i really don't know how to vote (laughs) because i i honestly think it's a toss-up between these two yeah and i think the argument could be made honestly for all of the well most of these uh but fuck <laughs> yeah um i think my personal pick is last of us part two mm-hmm. i'm gonna predict animal crossing wow huh okay well i mean i don't have a like i mean honestly reading the description recognizing a game that delivers all absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields that also includes like what the hindrances developers had to face this year with developing in an environment like COVID nineteen, where a lot of these things were polished up upon remotely. Where I mean, Last of Us Part Two literally was delayed because they couldn't figure out how to get the game into everyone's hands without delaying it in one aspect or another to avoid spoilers. They had to literally push the release date back to make sure people could get it all at the same time, so there was no issues with story. That is. Well, that being said, it still leaked some. It still leaked some. <laughs> that's true. Um, but whereas, Animal, again, Animal Crossing can't necessarily leak, you know, story-wise. Yeah. But Animal Crossing was a game that's been in development for quite some time. Uh, I feel it didn't necessarily push any technical boundaries, per se. But I feel like, like you said, it is a game that was needed this year, and it has definitely benefited from it. It helped a lot of people get through the hard times that brought that came along with quarantine and mm-hmm. social distancing and uh, uh, isolating themselves, that game kept them sane, honestly. Like, keeping them going. Like, I can still communicate. I can still have fun with people I am I enjoy and share things that way. Like, whether it be the holidays or just day-to-day things. Yeah. So I think the difference is how people interpret the best experience. Yeah. Because best can mean most enjoyable mm-hmm. or it can mean most impressive mm-hmm. or it can it can mean a lot of different things. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's why this one is tough. Like, honestly, I, like, I am personally so much so rooting for The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like Animal Crossing has been a cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. uh, this year. So, uh, you know, I mean, even extending outside of the video game industry, uh, I think Animal Crossing has been huge. So that's why that gets my prediction, um, even though my personal pick is is different. Hmm. Well, listeners, you heard it here. This is the Dual Senses Predictions podcast for this year's Game Awards. Are you okay? Yeah, I don't know. I'm breaking. I feel like there's another word I was going to have in there, but I didn't. But yeah, this is what we predicted. This is where I, where we feel the game, the game awards will go. Uh, this is who we think will win. 
um, who we want to win. Uh, there is beer on the line. There is beer on the line. You heard it first. There is a six-pack on the line from each of us, depending on who gets the most predictions, right? And you bet your ass that immediately after the Game Awards, we are going to record another episode, another bonus episode, and we are going to go back through our list and see who is right and who is wrong and who gets some beer. That's true. I'm going to be a picky bitch about it, too, because I'm bougie with it. I want... A variety. You're gonna have to come with me. Oh, I will. Don't worry. I'll make sure you get some shit I've never had before, and I will enjoy. I'm not gonna have you go out and get me a six pack of Bud Light. Are we gonna do like a like a price limit? (laughs) Because, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think it gets that great, especially if you're buying individual beers. You only have to worry about you know the the big. Uh, one of these not twelve ounces. The big fancy the sixteen the the one the pint the pint cans okay. those are the ones that, get, that cost a little more and they're usually like a dollar or two more but yeah we okay. can, we okay. can put a price on them I mean as long as you're not getting some like bougie ass beer no not like this like oh this is crafted in a barrel it was an age with the oaks of goblins and trolls like no okay. that's no some right. crazy shit okay. like that because I I am poor but with that being <laughs> said if you would like to contribute to the beer fund um, please for the love of God donate on um, mtfproductions.com just scroll to the bottom and click the donate button don't forget to like review subscribe and share this podcast we again would love all of you to hear our opinions and thoughts we also want to hear what your opinion and thoughts are so by all means let us know actually yeah let us know your vote for game of the year or any of these categories yeah yeah, yeah. you find the category on their website it's just gameawards.com and tell us what you think should win and we will share uh some of what you guys think on the episode uh, where we go over the, the winnings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? And actually, if we know you, maybe you'll get some beer too. What? No, fuck that. Hold on. Whoa. That's a lot to keep track. No. Oh, I, this is this is me personally. All right, this is on you. I am extending this. If So if you are listening... Alex is not because he's cheap. Yeah, Alex is, is a cheap asshole. That's real. Um, this is also why it's important that you donate. But... Um, <laughs> If you write in with your game of the year prediction, and it turns out to be right, and I know you personally, <laughs> I will give you a beer. So there you go. Well, here we are. Thank you for listening, guys and gals. Well, uh, and in betweens. Yeah. Whatever you identify as. We'll see you next time. Or you'll hear us next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. See you later, love, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know just what? No, fuck this. This is bullshit. This you is can eat ass. Make sure that there's fuck no you. Fuck Christ, you. Alex. Oh, fuck my God. you. <laughs> How do you really fucking feel? <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> They ask you to do a mic check. You're fucking hurting my feelings over here. God. Alex ripped open this hernia.